Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020. Whoop. I am your host, Will Hunter. Did you just whoop? Whoop? Yeah, Tuesday. Whoop, That's whoop. The, uh, the club goes <laughs> up, so I've heard. Uh, yeah. Club going up on a Tuesday. You did the. Um, That's a topical reference. You like that one? Just from a son that's about six, seven years old. That's not bad. <laughs> you did a, a, a. Are you familiar with the Juggalos? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I, I go to the gathering every year. Okay. Totally. So you just gave whoop, a. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually go to the gathering every year. I only go every other oh, year. I can yeah. imagine you secretly, though. Yeah, you definitely are someone. Not that you do. But you fit the profile of someone who secretly goes to the gathering of the Juggalos, paints their faces. Uh, huh, well, yes, uh, a passionate person that drinks low-grade beverages and just hoots and hollers it up with a bunch of other delusional people. Yeah, that yeah. describes every Saturday <laughs> in the fall for me. Yeah, So I feel like a gathering of the Juggalos would be right at my alley. I take no offense to that whatsoever. No, you shouldn't. And that's not, I don't want to say anything bad about uh, Juggalos. Or anything. I wasn't doing that at all. I don't know why you would no, bring no, no. Offensive I'm, to I'm, it. Ex- excuse me for insinuating that. My apologies. Yes. <laughs> like they're, just, they're just having a good old time enjoying something they love with people that love it too. Um, they just yeah. paint their face and drink Fago. Like, whatever. To each their we own, drink Fago, We drink Fireball, and you know what? We all find our way through this world one Saturday <laughs> at a time with the people that we love. <laughs> I've never had it pointed out more clearly than the way you just described. Like, yeah, you are minus the faint paint, face paint. Mm-hmm. You basically go to six or seven gathering of the Juggalos every single fall map. Yep, and instead of C minus rate music, I exchange it for D minus rate football every <laughs> Saturday. That's really the only difference yes. in the whole thing. It's insane clown posse music is better than Michigan State offense uh, the last few years. Easy. Huh. I, spot the lie. I'm going to need someone to spot the lie here. Homies is a banger. I don't care who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for slandering. <laughs> My apologies. Um, on today's show, yeah, we are going to uh, talk about Michigan State's basketball rotation. Got some interesting thoughts there. We didn't get to it yesterday, uh, but a few things that as the the days get warmer, as the calendar turns to March, the rotation shrinks, Matt. Um, as the games start saw, counting, yes. Yes, uh, and I think we saw that in a big way. Against Maryland, we can talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, Michigan State taking on Penn State tonight. Big one out in Happy Valley. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. even know the name of the. I was like, I know Beaver Stadium is the name uh, of their Xfinity Center field. again. I, I don't know. I, I just Xfinity. assume everything is the Xfinity Center. <laughs> if, if I don't know it offhand, if it's not Assembly, if it's not Breslin, I, it's mm-hmm. your Xfinity Center. Yeah. Um, Bryce Jordan Center. Oh, of course. Uh, storied Bryce Jordan Center. I'm very sorry. How the story could I forget? Bryce Jordan Center. Um, should I know who Bryce Jordan is? Uh, oh, 14th president no. of uh, Penn State. Served from 1983 to 1990. Um, yeah, dog will, you idiot. Come on. You, you got to know was, these things. What's going on here's here, a, Here's a word I didn't know existed. He was a musicologist. That would would that hurt if someone performed musicology on you? It's a scho- scholarly, um, someone who performs the oh, scholarly analysis man. and research based study of music. Musicology. Oh man, I'm being brought back to junior yeah. year. I took understanding music at Michigan State. I thought it was going to be the biggest two credit blow off <laughs> class 
of all time at Michigan State. Just hop into class, learn about music, and just get an easy A. No, 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 no. I got dunked on twice a week. Every single time I walked into class, it was absolutely horrible. It was all classical music. He would play three seconds of a song, and you would have to name the composer, the decade, and the country that he composed it in. It was horrible. I hate all things music. And I, uh, uh, so excuse me for not having a heart I, for musicologists here. Yeah, I took that class, had it for two days, and dropped it. Um, did not Good like on you. that. Did Good not on like you. that no. man. I would, it was horrible. I don't know. I actually I may have skipped the second day. I went on a Tuesday. Thursday, I was like, not doing that, and dropped it on a Friday. <laughs> Good on you, man. Good on you, because I got a 1.5 in that class, yeah. but since yeah. it wasn't part of, like, it was an elective, so even though I failed, it still counted. I Honestly, doesn't matter. Got my diploma. Could here. not care less how it shaked out. <laughs> um, yeah, so Bryce Jordan, the uh, man... The basketball arena at Penn State, named after, is a musicologist, was a musicologist, rest in peace. Um, We're going to talk about that game, and Matt, we've got some very interesting news as it relates to placing wagers on sports in the state of Michigan, so i got a secret segment for you. Um, I was going to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've been pretty disconnected from Twitter most of the day today, so this is very exciting. We'll break some news. Ooh, okay. All right. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Matt, we do this every single day. Part of the lo- ooh frog in my throat. Oh my god, that happens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Half an hour episodes dedicated to Michigan State football and basketball. Matt, one more Shooty thing. Hoops. Okay. One more thing. Yeah. We are. We've been growing like crazy. Have we? Like a weed. Like, like a as weed. people? Or what are you talking uh, about? The show. Like a fertilized uh, weed with no competition. <laughs> we are just surging. Yes. And Here we are looking. Lawn. We are looking to connect with advertisers to be on this show. If you work somewhere that, you know, does radio interview or radio advertising or podcast advertising or you think might want to get into business with us. We are looking to do that, make connections with people. You can email LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Please do so so Matt can feed his family and doesn't have to resort to eating paper anymore. I just bought this microphone, and I've thought of slicing it up, throwing it in the oven, and feeding that to my uh, family and loved ones. So please don't make me do that. Please, please don't make me do that. Matt, what are your thoughts? You were pressing to talk about the Michigan State rotation. Yeah, that's always a fascinating storyline. It's always a fascinating storyline when the, the season starts because no matter how the season starts, it always ends with, more times than not, when March rolls around, there's a seven-man lineup, sometimes an eight-man lineup. And it's always interesting to see how that's going to shake out. And this year's no exception because I, if I for one think it's absolutely fascinating how it's shaken out because of, well, not to name names, but I think it's interesting that one player has been kind of squeezed out and I'll mm-hmm. just start with him. It's one? interesting that Gabe Brown. Well, yeah, I, from the start of the season, I, I figured, okay, I yeah. kind of figured that Bingham one wouldn't really be around. Player. Yeah, correct. So right now, mm-hmm. uh, let, let, let me set this up this way. Right now we have the seven man rotation of the starters, Tillman, Henry, Malik Hall, Rocket Watts, Cassius. And then your six and seven guys are Ahrens and uh, Kithier. 
Yeah, he has been. Well, he has been because A, he has to be, and B, I, he is kind of holding the zone. I mean, he's not a guy that you're going to look back on and be like, wow, he was a star of the game. But A, you kind of need a guy there. It's not going to be Marble yet. It certainly isn't Bingham right now, so it kind of has to be Kithier. And he's doing an okay job at what he's doing. But right now, that is the seven-man rotation. And from here on out, it's interesting because I, I, I don't think this is a crazy thing to say. I when the season started, I kind of figured Gabe Brown was going to be part of that seven, eight man mix. But let's be honest, mm-hmm. you, you hate to, you know, be Mr. Negative and dog on kids. Gabe Brown's kind of been, you take that Nebraska game away, which really, what does that game mean in the grand scheme of things? It's just Nebraska. Where has Gabe Brown been? Mm-hmm. And it's... moving forward, moving forward, it's going to be like last year. Maybe you get a game, you know, like they did against LSU last year, where hey, he's going to have a surprise appearance and it's going to be great. Or you get a guy like Foster Lawyer, hey, surprise appearance against Ohio State. So right now you have your seven solid guys. Anything else you get from anyone else is just going to be a very pleasant surprise, and that's just the way it is right now. But Gabe Brown. It's been a rough go. Only five minutes against Maryland, nine against Iowa, zero points in both games, over three combined shooting. Yeah, Nebraska was a great game. We talked about it. It could have been something that really would have sparked him going forward into the season. I know it's a two-game sample size, but I would say it's a pretty damn important two-game sample size, Will. I don't know, and he really hasn't been a factor in either of those games. And you go even before the Nebraska game. Zero points against Maryland, two points against Illinois, zero points against Michigan, seven points against Penn State, zero points against Wisconsin. Like, he's just, let's call it what it is, ever since February 1 rolled around, he's been really just not here. Uh, he's might as well be on study abroad for most of these games. And, his, yeah, hey, his, that's the way it is. His consistency has fallen way off. As you were, Big time. As you were talking there, I just scrolled through to his game log from last season, like, I guess I, I just you remember things differently, but like Gabe Brown, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, four healthy scratches uh, in, in conference play. I guess healthy scratch isn't the right word, but four DNPs yeah, in right, conference yeah, play yeah. last year. Played one minute against Rutgers, four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, five. Like he played double digit minutes just a handful of times last year. So, yeah, and his mm-hmm. minutes were in the 20s. Pretty much every single game, save for Wisconsin. Well, um, you, right. You, you, you mean this season? They're pretty much in the this 20s. season. This season. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Ex- yeah. It, like until that Mar- the first Maryland game, he played ten minutes, comes back with twenty two against Nebraska, and it's like, oh, maybe he's back in the rotation. Nine mm-hmm. minutes against Iowa, five minutes against Maryland. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it, 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 it is baffling, out. right? Yeah, and yeah. it is baffling, too. I mean, th- this isn't anything to say about Kyle Arns. Like, Kyle Arns is definitely a very solid player. I-, I just thought Brown would kind of literally and figuratively leap over him and get those minutes and be part of that seven. He would have made it an eight-man rotation going into March. But right now, and okay, so we just set it up. I know that wasn't very nice to say about Brown and Foster and Bingham. But let's spin it positive right now. That seven-person rotation... That is a solid seven-person rotation. I would say so. I don't know. They just walked into College Park and won by 12. It seems to be that they do have a solid foundation of players going into March. It's just, I just just can't get over how puzzling it is that Brown isn't 
part of that. Foster, okay, yeah, it, it's very disheartening. I'm a big Foster lawyer fan. Thought he'd be a little better. He had a spurt or two in the season where, hey, maybe we run this guy off the ball. Maybe he does get open threes. Yeah. Here's the problem, though. This guy ain't hitting open threes anymore, so I, I, I'm sorry. I'm t- it, it, it pains me. He had that one game four for six against Northwestern. That was he great. hasn't hit a three since. Uh, he hasn't no, well, he hasn't game. since 2020 has started. If you take the Northwestern game away, two threes, mm-hmm. yeah, one for two against Minnesota on January 9th, and then you scale it back against Illinois, one for two on January 2nd. He has not hit a three since February started. So, yeah, you're way out of the seven-man rotation. Uh, Gabe Brown, we just talked about Bingham. Listen, we've talked about Bingham ad nauseum. He's what he is. He's still not completely all there as far as the X and O's going, yada, yada, yada. So, but yeah, now here you are with the seven-man rotation. But, hey, not a bad lineup you're looking at, to be honest. Big win on the road by 12 at Maryland. You still got Cassius Winston part of that. You have Rocket Watts, who's growing right in front of Rise on that lineup. You have Aaron Henry, who seems to kind of be finding a little more consistency, knock on wood, because I feel like whenever we do say that, he takes a step backwards. You have Malik Hall growing up in front of us. I don't know if I said Tillman already, but hey, I would say he's a good, pretty, pretty, pretty good basketball player. And I've heard of him. Yeah, you got you got Kithia that eats minutes pretty solid. I mean, he he keeps his head above water, and then you have Arns, who's just a great senior leader, can hit a shot every so often as long as his body stays intact. So that's your seven man rotation. Yeah, uh, they're interesting because their best lineups, I think, and I'd have to run through like specific lineup numbers and stuff, and mm-hmm. I just haven't done that. But I, it feels like their best lineups um, are just with Xavier Tillman as the lone big. Uh, Cassius at the point, obviously, and then any combination of Henry, Watts, um, Arns, and, you know, I would even throw Gabe Brown into there, although of late he hasn't been, you know, playing right. well, but like, he, like someone of that, like, stature, but yeah, like Malik Hall could certainly change some things if he, he's not going to do what he did uh, against Maryland uh, again this year, but if he can bring some energy and rebound and, and play solid defense and crash the glass, then you can, you know, something there, but like Cassius... Henry, Watts, Tillman, and Arns is kind of like this random death lineup uh, that Michigan State has been throwing out there. And I think that is their best uh, lineup, should be their closing lineup. And mm-hmm. we'll see sort of how it shakes out. But I, I just, I don't know. Uh, I Even though Brown has struggled of late, if he can get going here and get that uh, get that shooting stroke back a little bit, and he's, you know, he's such a streaky player. If you can get him on the right side of the streak, I, I still like him cracking this rotation. Yeah. And Kithier kind of falling out a little bit because I think he's the last man on the totem pole just as insurance from foul trouble. But we're way too long on time. Yeah, sorry. So, no, yeah. we got to take a break here. When we come back, we'll do my special segment, which will be quick. And then we'll come back and talk about Michigan State and Penn State. So we'll do that here in just a second. Okay, Matt. All right, well. We've got some news in the gambling sports betting front in the state of Michigan. Lay this lay this on me thick, Will. Lay so, it on me. So it's courtesy of Tony Paul, Detroit News. Uh, you are aware that gambling sports betting has been legalized in the state of Michigan, correct? 
Yes, and I've heard that they're trying to get it up by March Madness. They but are. ever since that announcement, it's been kind of crickets. It's been so crickets. go on. Courtesy Tony Paul, Detroit News. Um, brick and mortar sports books within casinos are planned to be up and running by either March 9th or March 16th. Oh, God, before even the Big Ten tournament starts. Oh, God, there goes my money. There it goes. There it goes. So, Please sponsor Locked on Spartans so you could feed my crippling gambling addiction. <laughs> That'd be great. All right, just sorry. I just wanted yeah. to plug that um, before we move on. Yes. MGM Detroit, Greektown, Detroit. Any uh, casino uh, in the state of Michigan? God, just 20 minutes away from my house. Okay, yep. If you oh, want God. to uh, <laughs> let the people know what kind of operation you've got coming here for sports betting in Michigan... Got a perfect place for you to advertise. Um, and it'll go right back to you, too. <laughs> let, let me tell you that. In the money. form of 18 parlays and some silly prop bets, yes, it'll come right back to you. <laughs> so sports betting, again, at brick-and-mortar establishments, you got to be in the sports book to bet. Um, you know, online, I think, is planned for 2021 mobile sports betting. They yeah. wanted to get this stuff out in time for the NCAA tournament time for March Madness, and it appears as though they will have that at your uh, local casino. At least they would have the ability to do that. Uh, We'll see who ends up taking bets uh, in Michigan. I'm sure the big Detroit ones will be all over it. Oh, yeah. But that leads me to this segment idea, Matt. I've got here in front of me futures on odds to win the 2020 NCAA men's tournament, and now we can actually talk about this. Heck above yeah. board and not act like we're faking it or act like yeah. it's you know whatever like this is a real thing that in a week or two anyone listening to this in the state of Michigan can go to their local establishment and fork down some money on any of these odds which will probably be tweaked uh in the next couple of weeks but mm-hmm. Matt this is real well uh, this is very, very, very exciting. Very reckless, very dangerous, but above all that, very exciting. <laughs> very exciting. So I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Okay. And I want you to take note. Do you have a pen? Sure don't. Perfect. I want you to take note of picks you like. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to go Is this through. like a buy or sell segment? Is it, is sure, kind of. Yeah, okay, and yeah. you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like 10 things and you just stop me. If you like the odds, or you can say, ah, eh, nah, pass. Okay. And we'll just get, we'll do it that way. A little bit of a, a broad national championship by the odds. Uh, these Love are all courtesy of VegasInsider.com, which we soon national won't have to championship. use. National championship, okay. VegasInsider.com, we'll get the BetMGM or the Greektown bet. We'll see, I'm excited. Yeah, William it's Hill. Gonna, William yeah, who's Hill, to say? Who's going to set yeah. up shop? Circa, I bet. FanDuel, perhaps. DraftKings, uh, I don't know. That'll be next year. Um, oh man, that'd be cool if they built sports books in the city. Oh man, that'd be cool. Neat. Anyway, man, these are long. All these are long. Kansas Jayhawks have the shortest odds. The big favorite, nine to two. Matt. No, I I, I don't wake up for anything that's nine to two. I, I, I don't care if it's <laughs> okay. the Lakers in the NCAA okay. tournament. Me, I, I couldn't do it. We've got Baylor and Gonzaga both at eight to one. Still a little too short for me. That doesn't get the blood moving. Okay, we got a group here at twelve to one, and this is where things start to get interesting because I think I think the national championship national champion is going to come from this group. Honestly, I do. Okay, all right. Dayton Flyers. Yes. 
Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, probably. Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah. And your Michigan State Spartans, all at 12-1. I have to heard one. of them. I have heard of them. God. It's, it's the group at 12-1 to one in Kansas. That's who I want. If you could give me those five teams, and I'll take those five, you take the rest of the tournament. No, see, I, I don't like that, but that, that is crazy to me that those are 12-1, to one, but Kansas is essentially 4.5-1. Mm-hmm. Like, Kansas is a good team, don't get me wrong. They're very great. Um, I just don't think they're that much better than the list of teams you just named, perhaps. I, I lo- Compared to Kansas, I love, love, love the value on those four teams you just gave me. If I had to boot one out, if I'm trying to save money, if I'm at the window and i got to place a bet, I'd probably scoot Kansas out of that picture. You mean Kentucky? But, uh, excuse me, Kentucky. Thank yeah, you for out of correcting the me there. One. Yeah, I'd probably scoot them out of the picture. But I, I've been in love with Dayton all season. Um, there's no stat that you could tell me that will get me off of Dayton. There's nothing that you could tell me anecdotally even that will get me off of them. Duke is Duke. They're a solid team. They'll probably get it figured out by March. Well, it is March already. <laughs> and uh, Michigan State Spartans? Well, College Park, 12-point win. Boys are heading in the right direction. So, yeah, I love, love, love the value on all those. College Park, 12-point win. Um. Here, let me go through some other ones just to close out this segment. And then we'll get into the preview. Um, Tell me what you think of these. So Seton Hall is 14 to 1, which I think is actually okay for them. Yeah, I was going to say I can give or take that. Um, Yeah, I probably wouldn't touch it. We've got Maryland, Louisville, and San Diego State at 20 to 1. If Louisville could score. That's the thing. I would only do Maryland there for 20 to 1. Actually, Louisville's been okay. I mean, God. Defensively, I thought they were really shining defensively. But I guess, yeah, they've kind of fallen off here. Yeah, they've been um, ah, yeah, and San Diego State. You know, well, I'm going to let you in on a secret here. I haven't watched a lot of Aztec no, basketball this year, but do you know what? Uh, they're San Diego State. That's yeah. why I don't necessarily believe in them, unless Kawhi Leonard's coming back for a run. Um, no, but Maryland for twenty to one—that's not horrible. I, I, I no. like the value on that one. Here are some long shots that I like. Lay them on me. Um, Florida State at thirty to one seems low. Very. Very. And I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. But that's what Vegas does to you. They, like, they make you think that yeah. you're missing something, you overthink it, you get in your own head, and then yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, you lost out of yeah. the biggest future that you could have placed a bet on. Villanova is 40 to 1. Yeah, okay. And they're, nin- they're 19th in Ken Palm, which is low. For, you know, champions usually come out of the top 10 ish, but this is a year where you could see somebody like Villanova, who's had some good runs and, and beaten some good teams. Um, yeah, I mean, Jay Wright's an okay coach, I would yeah. say. I don't know. You might throw $5 on that to win 200 That the, doesn't that, seem like a crazy bet. That Kansas team we all love, uh, Villanova beat Kansas. They did. You know, People they, forgot. They, they beat them. Um, you know, Big East is really good. Um, Michigan at 60-1. to 1. I don't think Michigan's going to do it, but 60-1 to 1 is super long for them. Like, they are... They're number fifteen in Ken Palm right now, and they're they're sixty to mm-hmm. one. And then BYU is also sixty to one. BYU's eleventh in Ken Palm, Matt. They have one of the best offenses. In I love BYU. Basketball. 60 I absolutely to one, BYU. positively love BYU. Whenever I watch them, they are ballers. They got that silly looking white guy with the receding hairline. Every year, I can say that because <laughs> I am that person. Uh, but he absolutely balls out. They're the number one three-point shooting team in the country. BYU, that is a great value on BYU. Do I think they'll actually win it? 
No, but for 60 to 1, would I take a flyer on them? My God, of course I would. As for Michigan, too, if I got to see those guys win a title, I want to be paid for it. So, yeah, I will be placing a wager (laughs) on them as well. Like, I'm going to sit here not cash in on my misery. Of course I am. I'll I'll, I'll throw a fiver out there for them. Real quick, odds to win the 2020 Big Ten Tournament. Uh, Maryland and Michigan State both favored seven to two. Penn State eleven to two. Iowa seven to one. Michigan eleven to two. Ohio State nine to one. Uh, Illinois fifteen to one. Wow, Illinois fifteen to one is a decent Ouch. look there. You know, yeah, you seriously. can get like Wisconsin twenty to one. What? Indiana. Okay. Purdue is right. forty to one. Purdue could beat every single team in this conference easily. Uh, they could either either beat them by thirty five or lose by twelve to all these teams. So I'm, it's get, give or take yeah, either of them. I would like. Give me Purdue, give me Wisconsin, give me Illinois, mm-hmm. and what if one of those three comes through? Like at worst, I'll break even. Like I don't hate that strategy. I don't hate that at all. Long shots, and there is a lot of parity in this yeah. conference. And like, yeah, I think Michigan State, and Maryland are probably, you know, it's, they're they're favorites for the reason they're the two best teams, and Penn State's not far behind. Iowa, Michigan, mm-hmm. Ohio State are all really good too. Yeah, but I'm not getting out of bed for seven to two odds. No, you know? and Illinois is right there. Yeah. Illinois, right. Illinois could easily, Ayo Dasunmu could easily just run through the Big Ten tournament. 24 points per game efficiently. Yeah, all, all, all it takes is a hot weekend. That's, yeah. that's all it takes. Yeah. Like, uh, you can get Daniel Oturu at 50 to 1. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, assuming they fire Patino by then assuming and they got a coach that won't screw everything up. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, a lot of things to look forward to. God, I can't wait. All right, let's pause here. We'll come back and talk about this Michigan State-Penn State game in just a second. Matt, what is the uh, number one thing you are looking for as Michigan State takes on Penn State tonight? And as you are talking, I will pull up the time and uh, TV schedule for this one because I don't have it off the top of my head. Go ahead and talk. Ooh, all I was going to say is Stevens, Lamar. That's mm. all I was going to say. Mr. Lamar Stevens, that's all I was going to give you. That does not give you a lot of time. I believe this game's at 7 o'clock, though. 7 o'clock ESPN. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so we are is on Dan ESPN. Is Dan Dockage going to be on the call, and is he going to call Cassius <laughs> no. Winston fat again? Oh, let's not do this right now. Come on, we're in a good mood, aren't we? I, I just heard sports gambling is going to be legal. <laughs> Come on, we're, we're, we're in good spirits, but we don't have to do this right now. <laughs> Oh, uh, I hadn't yeah, heard. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Lamar Stevens though, right? Like, I feel like it's that simple. Yeah, I, I don't I don't feel like it's it's some hidden answer. It's it's right in front of me. It's Lamar Stevens. So, yeah. I'm on. Uh, you can catch me on the Locked On Big Ten podcast that is debuting today. Ooh, actually, nice, first nice. episode, and I'm mm-hmm. the first guest in show history. Well, who else would it be? Well, Come I on. think actually yeah. they did like a, a someone did a few shows and then left. Um, but they hired a new host, and I think this person's going to be. Uh, around for a eh, decent time. We'll see how yeah. Benny does. Um, let me actually get his full name. <laughs> they nah, give him a fine. plug. Stevens. For some reason, I want to say Carter, but Ben Carter is a basketball player. He is a fine play. basketball player. Yes. Ben Stevens, at Ben Scott Stevens on Twitter. Uh, so I went is on the Lockdown Big Ten podcast, and he asked, was asking me about this game, and he said, like, you know, what's the big matchup that you're watching for? And I was like, I just want to see how Michigan State – handles Lamar but more with that what does their big rotation look like around that because yeah. you would think Xavier Tillman's going to spend a decent amount of time on Lamar Stevens and then what does Penn State do at center because they've been playing bigger they they they're not yeah. huge but both their centers I think are like 6'9 6'10 mm-hmm. and they usually play 
Lamar Stevens with the true traditional center, two bigs. Uh, does Michigan State do that, and how often are they willing to sort of play small against that lineup, um, or is it just a lot of Malik Hall trying to battle at center? Do they put Malik Hall um, on Lamar Stevens at all? Does Bingham get some run here against you know more traditional centers? Do they put Kithier on guys who are bigger than him again? That's what I'm interested to see because I think the backcourt is pretty straightforward on who's going to be guarding who. But when an opposing team has a uh, their best player is a power forward that's kind of skilled but a little undersized, I guess, and not you know your traditional back to the basket big. I'm always interested to see how Michigan State does with that because of how Xavier Tillman defends down low and then what that means for Michigan State at the center position. Yeah, and I would set the over-under on players guarding Lamar Stevens at, what, three and a half, I yeah, think. Probably. I think this is a game where you just throw a bunch of different looks at him. You throw Tillman at him, you throw Bingham at him, you throw Hall at him, you throw Marble at him. Hey, yeah. Kithier, what are you doing right now? Yeah. Why don't you go try to guard Mr. Lamar Stevens right now? I, I That just seems to be what it is. Because all the other players, don't get me wrong, Penn State is a fine team everywhere mm-hmm. around Lamar Stevens. They're not, what, what are they right now in this season? Um they're, they're, they're not 21 and 8 on accident. Like, they are still a good team outside yeah. of Lamar Stevens, but this is a game where you just throw the kitchen sink at him. This see is... if you can throw him off his game even just, just a little bit, and then you just figure out the other four players in the court later. This is something I noticed. Um, just looking through Penn State. So, Lamar Stevens plays about 77% of their minutes, right? Mm-hmm. The next highest on the team is Miles Dredd at 64.1. Yeah. And Miles Dredd has been starting lately because Myron Jones. Uh, the dude who went like six of eight for three against Michigan State yeah. uh, the first time around. He got sick right after that game. And so Miles Dredd was thrown back into the starting lineup. And now uh, Myron Jones is back. So it'll be like, eh, it was Dredd starting. He might be starting. Maybe, maybe not. So their second most minutes guy might not even be a starter for them. And then after that, it's a bunch of 50s and 40s. Like Lamar Stevens is the only person who plays more than like 22 minutes a game for this team 24 minutes a game wow. he's the only guy i did not know that i'm gonna be honest with you yeah i thought it was a little bit bigger of an uptick for those players than that no here let me i'll tell you uh six four 25 okay so jamari wheeler is a little bit over 25 minutes per game and he's number two shoot okay yeah so like <laughs> It's Lamar Stevens and then a bunch of dudes who play between 20 and 25 minutes. So it's it's a lot on him. He takes 30% of the shots when he's on the floor. And like I just said, he's the one who's on the floor more often than other people. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. It's just making him as inefficient as possible, which isn't the hardest thing in the world to do. Try to keep him off the free throw line, do a good solid job, and then don't let Myron Jones hit six threes. Don't let Miles Dredd hit a couple threes. Don't let Jamari Wheeler take any shots, and and you're good. Yeah, and the dumb fan in me sees the recent trends at Penn State too. They yeah, we should lost talk about that. Three of four. Yeah, and that one win was a one point win at home against Rutgers when they blew a twenty plus yeah. point lead. Like, it's not the sexiest uh, even one and three record you've ever seen in your entire life. I. They, it's not a bad time to walk into Happy Valley no. and try to face the Nittany Lions right now. This is the exact opposite of last time. In the Michigan State, when Penn State came to town, they're in the middle of an eight-game winning streak. Penn or Michigan yeah. State was in the middle of losing four or five. Now mm-hmm. Michigan State is starting to get some mojo back, and Penn oh, yeah. State has lost three or four. Like it is totally flipped. And 
um, this is something I was talking about earlier with uh, with Ben. Like, I don't do a ton of recent form, but this one is kind of like, hey, recent form. We should really take note of that. Like, maybe uh, what's going on here? The calendar turns to March. The games get harder. They get more important. Maybe there's something to it of how these two teams are playing recently because one is in a brand new spot, finally ranked in March for like the first time ever. And the other one is trying to get back to the final four for a second year in a row and win the national championship. They were pegged to win. It's two teams in slightly different Mm -hmm. places. No, totally. And yeah, you you know me, I'm more of like a, like a guy at the corner of the bar uh, fan. You know, I, I look at the stupid stats like recency but when it comes to this time of the year, when it's March, recency is maximized to me by 10. Like, all right, this is the end of the season. This is truly who you are. Yeah. MSU's clicking right now. Penn State, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> not so much. But then again, as good as that feeling is. Do you hear that? This Big Ten season is still a bloodbath. Matt, do you hear uh, what, that? What's, 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 what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's a pen. Clicking. They're clicking. Huh? Ah, 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 I see what you're doing right now. I Michigan see what you're State. doing right now. This is the Michigan State basketball team, Matt. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to say, pen clicking. You mean what I do all 30 minutes of any podcast I've ever recorded? That's... <laughs> Heck yeah, man. That's that's big time. Are you ready for your favorite part of the episode? <laughs> well, I've never been more ready in my entire life. I am going to be spending today, because I'm still on vacation, just... just Knocking back, knocking back hard seltzers, getting ready for this game. Tell me, Will, what I'm going to be walking into tipsy at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Ken Palm yes. has this as a 72-71 to 71 victory for Penn State, a 53% chance of winning. Hmm. Again, that doesn't take recent form into consideration. I think there's a decent chance this line comes out, and it may have already come out. Um, it's college basketball lines are tough. Um, yeah, they come out like noon every day, basically. Yeah, it, it could be Michigan State minus three, something like that. I wouldn't be shocked, given recent form and like Vegas. Michigan State was an underdog for the first time all season against Maryland. That's Matt. pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah, and and what happened? Oh. <laughs> we opened up at minus two. Just looked it up. We there you opened go. up at minus two for tonight's game. It's already got down to minus one, essentially a pick 'em, as Ken Palm has it, basically. So, all right, well, that's, buckle that's, in, everyone. That should be a randy old time. That opened three points uh, contrary to Ken Palm, and it moved the mm-hmm. other way. Yep. Well, we'll see. I guess we will. God. Oh, well. I'm excited, though. Hey, I got to say, very shocked that the Big Ten title is still in play for Michigan State this late in the season, especially uh, how the season's gone. Yeah. So we're in good standing. It's going to be an exciting game. We, we know our rotation. We still got storylines out there. And don't discount and hey, Rutgers. I'm tired of people like, you're going to need Maryland to lose to Michigan. You want to hear all the games Rutgers has lost at home this season, Matt? Mm-hmm. They lost to Michigan. Mm, I see. <laughs> they lost to Michigan on February nineteenth. That is it. Yeah, I know. Listen, I I get that the, the rack is a hard place to play, but I also can't talk about how recency has MSU playing great, Penn State playing not good, and then also say, hey, Rutgers has a chance when they've lost six of their last eight and, and they just beat absolutely it. abysmal even in those wins. They beat well, Illinois. The, by, they yeah, beat Illinois gonna, by fifteen. 
The, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, sh- I should not have ago, said. I should not have said ago, both they wins. They, they only looked abysmal 15. in one of those wins. They looked abysmal. And they the Illinois win. Frickin- I'll give it to them. They should have beat Penn State. Like Rutgers is still a decent team with a really good defense. We need and more than decent, playing, Will. We need more than decent. Scarlet Knights, baby. Let's go. <laughs> like, they're going to play Maryland in a friggin' rock fight tonight, and I would not be stunned if if Rutgers won that game. It's a fit. Mar- you know what? Ken Palm has Rutgers beating Maryland. Oh, God. 52%. Okay. It's a toss-up, but they have it 60. He's got it 66-65. So stop discounting Maryland. All right. Okay. Or stop discounting okay. Rutgers. I get what you mean. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. That's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Reminded to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get your podcast. Email LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com if you want to advertise on the podcast. We uh, have a wonderful platform for you, mm-hmm. plenty of space, and would love to make a deal so Matt can finally buy something better than Top Ramen. Yes, and gamble away all that money that I get. We from need the to NBA. throw down yes. 19 leg parlays. <laughs> yes, yes. Bet five to win $670,000. That is the In life. Taiwanese ping pong, yes. That is the life we live as championship week nears. I'm going to go to the book and I'm mm. going to have them print me off a damn CVS receipt. Yeah. You, you know what as I'm talking about? The three foot long receipt. That's oh, yeah. what my parlay ticket's going to look like. For people who don't know, a betting slip is like three by three, a three by three yeah, square, if that. Standard Tiny, note card, if you will. Yeah. yeah, just a small little square piece of paper. And the more games you put on it, the longer it gets. Uh, that sucker's going to be about three feet long. I'm, I'm looking uh, forward just, to losing all my money that way. Uh, I cannot wait. I'm going to do cross-sport parlays with uh, British darts, yes. college basketball, and yes. NHL hockey. I cannot yes. wait. Yes, those are the God. best. Um, so, yeah, all that. Good stuff. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Matt. Oh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll recap this game and we'll uh, do some bracketology. We got some bracketology, Matt. You see Michigan okay. State is up to a three line. Yeah, I saw it. Got a little excited. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening, Matt. Take us home. Oh, go green. I'm, I'm just now scared for this game after the Ken Palm math. But hey, boys are back. Boys are back. Let's go, baby. Go green.